What's up, Awakened Humans? I'm your host, Angel, and you're listening to Awakened Woman, the podcast. I'm on a journey to discover what truly lights us up to bring you everything you need to know about building soulful self-love and a deeply spiritual connection to yourself and the world around you. These are the conversations to speak directly to the wild, wise, woke one within you. I'm here to gather all the tools and practical support you need to awaken the fun and free force of nature that you were born to be. Let's go deep. So I want to take you guys on the journey with me of Lit Up For Life right up until today into its metamorphosis into Awakened Woman. I want to share with you guys the birth of this creation and also using this podcast as part of my integration, I suppose. I'm taking you on this journey with me to, in a way, allow Lit Up For Life to move through a death process. And if you're on my newsletter, you'll know, especially the last four months, I've been speaking a lot about the life-death life cycles and how the life and death goddess in mythology really needs a rebrand. And in fact, she's the rebirth goddess because I think it was Albert Einstein who said, energy can neither be created nor destroyed, it just changes form. And so this death process of Lit Up For Life is really just a metamorphosis, a rebirth, a changing of form. And so I'm going to take you on that journey with me. So yesterday I was looking through my phone for a photo, photos of me and a girlfriend as it was her birthday. And I don't know if you know this, if you have an iPhone, but if you vigorously like one really big swipe, (laughs) clearly I was very vigorous. It automatically took me all the way to the top of the very first photos that were on my phone, which for me was like six years ago. (laughs) And I got sucked into literally like a two hour wormhole of just looking back on the last six years. And what was amazing is I really felt this sense of love. Um, I think it must've even been like eight years back. So yeah, it would have been about eight years because there was photos of me graduating from university and some just like wild experiences, being in Vegas at 21 with my best friend and just all the wildness, all the chaos. And there would have been a time, even not too long ago, where I would have looked back and I would have felt shame and I would have shuddered and I would have judged that part of me. But it was really an incredible experience for me to look back And to not feel any of that shame or judgment, but instead to just feel an immense sense of love for that young woman, so brave and courageous and willing, thirsty in her desire for life experience. And I'm so grateful to that version of me, although wild and a little bit reckless, (laughs) maybe a lot reckless. I'm very grateful that I didn't get snarled into addiction or mental health, although I definitely teetered on the edge of that. And so I just got to kind of explore this journey of being this brave, wild, untethered, thirsty young adult traveling the world and 
being reckless and just partying my ass off to kind of this these years of feeling lost and depression and then my return to spirituality through yoga and meditation and studying in Bali and just like going on this whole journey, seeing previous relationships, the falling in love, the falling apart, I just got to kind of go through all of it and brought me right up until Lit Up For Life was born. And what I noticed in the six months prior to Lit Up For Life, I mean, it's it's definitely not a coincidence. I met my now life partner, Patrick, and it's kind of incredible to see uh, the transformation in that space. It was like, wow. I, I looked at him and I said, I don't know where I would be if I never met you, but I'm so glad that I did and I'm so grateful for you, my love, because Patrick really taught me about discipline and not in the way you might think, but the reason I am a teacher and I love to teach is because I'm actually a student. I'm obsessed with learning about spirituality and being in the practice of spirituality. And that's kind of how I found myself to be a teacher. And I think most teachers would say they're the same. They love the process of learning, whether they're teaching or studying. And so when I met this beautiful, wonderful man who is so grounded, he's the most disciplined person I've ever met, ever, like truly disciplined, like truly that's just like he has this internal rhythm and perseverance. Uh, it, it's it's incredible. And just to be in the vortex of his energy, what I realized is I'd always told myself this story that like I'm not disciplined and I just kind of subconsciously had these limiting beliefs. I was very much coasting on natural ability. Even with my music, I, I remember having good friends in musical theater growing up who studied really hard and I always admired that. And I just sort of coasted on my natural ability. And after after a time, you know, I, at first I was in the top percentile, but after a time those who worked hard uh, surpassed me. And so there was an interesting lesson in that. And I'm so grateful that I met Patrick because watching him, just just watching him live his life and be who he is inspired me. I was like, oh, wow, I want to do that. I want to be more disciplined. I want to. And, and this student in me woke up to this lesson of discipline, commitment, consistency. And so for six months, I was in that energetic vortex, in that study. I became the healthiest and fittest I've ever been. And I'm still currently in that cycle of really loving moving my body and strength training and learning how to do all that. And I became more devoted than ever before, even to my own spiritual practice, my morning practice. And then as a token or as a result of that, I started to create consistency in my business because up until that point, the gift that I have for teaching spirituality and guiding and facilitating had already been discovered. I was teaching yoga, which very quickly turned to a one-to-one client base. And from there, my one-to-one clients very quickly were engaging me naturally in wanting to talk about sex with their partner and their relationship with their mother and the food they're eating and what do I think about this situation at work and sort of naturally transitioned to life coaching and built, in, built a community online, et cetera, et cetera. But I had no structure. I had no format. I had no business sense. I had no idea. <laughs> a lot of intuition, a lot of heart, um, and a lot of devotion to the path. But this six-month period of first meeting Patrick, first living with Patrick, 
so let's say the first year of our relationship, we're entering our fourth year now, really kind of brought together um, the skill set that I needed to take these gifts, my dharma, my life path of teaching to another level. And so Lit Up for Life was born. And I knew in my heart that I wanted to create a structure for what I was doing. I wanted to do what I was doing better. I wanted to create more value. I wanted to build a future for myself, to have the potential to buy a home one day and be an equal financial contributor in my relationship. All these things I started to think about seriously. And I was very blessed again to have Patrick as a partner who was saying to me, yes, you can, you know, yes, you can. There's so much programming as women. And I think that we forget how deeply it affects us because yes, of course we are in a world if we're blessed to live. Let's say a lot of my listeners, I know you guys are in Europe or Australia or America, Canada, all these places, very blessed. There are still places on the earth today in which women are not free. But if you're listening from a country in which you are free, we're, we're extremely blessed. And so it can be easy to forget that that programming still exists when if you think about even our mother's generation or our mother's mothers or our mother's mother's mothers and you go back even just one, two, three generations, you'll see a pattern or some pain there around as a woman, do I believe in my own power? Do I believe that I can do things in especially the realm of money, career, influence and power? And where does that come from? If you think about back when you were a little girl, maybe you had great influences of female leaders in your life and women in power, women with affluence, wealth, influence, but maybe you didn't. Maybe it was predominantly men. And something that simple can actually really program us deeply. It can affect how we see ourselves in the world And if you're uh, a woman of ethnic minority, that goes even further, right? We see even less people that look like us, that represent us in places of wealth, influence, affluence, and power, and that affects us. So unbeknownst to me, I'd already been doing a lot of work around this, but I had these deep held beliefs that maybe I could never do it. Maybe I couldn't create a, a business. Maybe I wouldn't be able to, to, to do, to have what it takes, you know, could I really create something and I was very blessed to have a partner like Patrick to continually not let me off the hook (laughs) you know keep calling me forward and so a long long long-winded way to say that lit up for life was born and and the first iteration from of lit up for life was very far from the thriving business that it is today it it it's kind of makes me laugh and, and it's so beautiful to go through that process. And I think it's Im- important to share that because sometimes people, you know, if you're new to the community, you might uh, look at what I do now and think that that just kind of happened. And it definitely did not. It took years of daily consistent creating. And the other thing that it took is being willing to be seen in the becoming. Because I knew when I was first doing Lit Up for Life and putting stuff out that it was good quality information, but it wasn't representative of my capacities as a teacher or where I knew I wanted to be. And so it's kind of cringe to do that, to be in that space where what you're putting out is nowhere near where you want it to be, nowhere near representing you fully, but you have to go through the process of putting it out and creating and doing that to get good enough at those skill sets to then be able to represent your potential as a teacher or creator or whatever it is that you do. So being seen in the becoming can feel so scary, right? It's like, oh, people are going to think this is terrible or people are going to think X, Y, Z about me. And I'm sure plenty of people laughed at me and 
and I'm sure plenty of people to still do, honestly, but like that willingness to be seen in the becoming, to be seen striving and trying, right? And again, in this kind of highlight real culture, you don't necessarily get to see that too, too often. And I love it when I do see people in the becoming and, and striving. I'm just like, yes, especially uh, young women. I'm just like, yes, get it. Undo that programming. Yes, you can. We need more women in and femme identifying folk and non-binary beings and people who are not currently represented in positions of power, wealth, influence, and affluence. I'm like, more, more, more. So I couldn't believe it when I thought of the name Lit Up For Life and I checked the URL and it was free. I was like, what? That sounds like it already exists. It just felt so divine. And so I began, but there was always this part of me that was like, is it a bit cheesy or like, is it a bit too this or too that? Like there was a part of me that wasn't all the way in, but it did the job for my intention at the time. And my intention at the time was I want to become a successful business owner. I want to learn how to create a successful business and lit up for life gave me that, right? Although it felt a little bit vanilla. And what I've realized now is that everything I ever put out I believed in 100%. It was 100% true for me in those moments. But Lit Up For Life, what it didn't give me was room for all of me. There wasn't room for my vixen, my erotic poetry, my tantrika, my kink. <laughs> there wasn't room for necessarily my shadow work, uh, the deeper, the darker, the Scorpio, the sensual, all of that, which is as true as the part of me who believes in all the other stuff, the sage, the wise one, the mystic, the wisdom keeper, all of that is also true. And again, like each of you listening, you are these multifaceted, especially if you have a feminine soul, these shape-shifting, multifaceted, full-spectrum beings. And of course, I always joke with clients, it's like, of course you feel like you're not living up to your potential, your God trying to squeeze into human form and a single human narrative, it's supposed to feel like that, but we keep trying anyway because it's fun, <laughs> right? So, of course, a uh, business name isn't going to be able to contain all of me, but there was something about Lit Up For Life that felt constricting in nature. And I'm just realizing this as I say it, but perhaps at that time that's what I needed. Often when we learn the pendulum swings hard, right, like I was so far on the side of being wild and free and untethered. I had no schedule. I was nomadic. I was just like free falling, which was so fun and also terrifying. <laughs> and so perhaps what I needed was some, the pendulum to swing hard in the other way, in the other direction and have a lot of structure and a lot of discipline and all these things to kind of now find myself where I am in the middle in this integration period. So it gave me exactly what I needed exactly when I needed it. So to bring you up to where I am today, I am going to share with you about something that some of you probably already know about, but it, it was two Fridays ago and I just shuddered a little bit as I realized that it was Friday the 13th. And then I laughed and it wasn't because of the typical reasons one might have an aversion to that day, Friday the, the 13th, but because on Friday the 13th of March this year, in a fairly dramatic twist of fate, the home we were living in in LA burned to the ground along with all of our worldly possessions. 
And there is one inner critic within me that's screaming, shut up already, we get it, boohoo, move on. <laughs> and there's another one that's like, we've heard this, it's boring, change the channel. Uh, but in spite of this, I'm going to press on and share with you the story that's within me and the one that's asking to be shared. And it's a simple one. It's a connecting of dots and an integration of pain and a transmutation of shock and horror into spiritual power and dharma. It's a weaving of that. So as we picked up the pieces of our lives after the fire, I really was looking so earnestly for meaning because I know and I believe deep in my bones that life doesn't ever happen to us and that it's always happening for us. And so I was like, I have to find the meaning, the reason, and I knew it was big. I mean, it wouldn't take a rocket scientist to figure that out. Our home was literally incinerated uh, along with everything we own. And I knew it also felt like a big transition. But again, that didn't feel too hard to see. <laughs> so after a while of really anxiously, honestly, trying to figure out the meaning so that I could quickly alchemize it all into gold and hopefully skip the yucky bit, I realized, I caught myself, I realized there's no skipping. I woke up to the fact that I'd fallen asleep at the wheel and that I was trying to unconsciously use my tools, my spiritual tools, to skip the soul juice, to avoid, which is kind of contrary to the point of soul work, right? Uh, but I couldn't be too hard on myself. It was a really traumatic event after all. And so instead, I just decided to allow the darkness and the grief and the sadness to take me for a while. I decided to lay down my tools and the compulsive unconscious fixing, I'm doing air quotes, you can't see me, <laughs> that had kind of like tethered to those tools. And I lay them down to venture into the void and to rest there. The Buddhists call this space the shunyata, it's been interesting for me to explore the idea of the void space and also just to notice how that correlates to our culture's aversion to death and avoidance of silence and stillness and how we're a culture so obsessed with the summer cycle in the human psyche and in nature, you know, productivity, power, creation, fruitfulness, and so averse to the cycles of winter, endings, wisening, letting the dead leaves drop, being in silent reflection, contemplation, emptiness, the void. And what I realized when I gave myself over to this space on a really deep visceral embodied level that the emptiness is the place where all potential exists. When we clear out in that way, so literally clear out and then allowed myself to emotionally go into that space, you realize that in that space, everything is possible. You have to let go of it all to be able to have it all. It's like the idea that until we admit we know nothing, we can learn nothing. There's no space, right? And it's so scary. It's so terrifying to go into the I don't knowness. I don't know what's going to happen next. I don't know what this means. I don't know what to do. I don't really know how I feel. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And to give yourself over to the I don't knowness, it's my belief that that's actually an incredibly deep spiritual practice. If we can live in connection to the I don't knowness, or as my dear girlfriend Yael, my sister goddess says, taking mystery as your lover. 
And I believe what she means by that or what that means to me is being initiated to live in connection, to dance with the mystery, the truth that we don't know, that life is uncertain, that everything changes. And so as I went into this abyss, (laughs) I kept thinking, lit up for life, huh? This is some kind of sick joke, (laughs) a little too lit up for life, I'd say, like half crying, half laughing in the weeks after the fire. But what could it mean? What could it mean? And my first attempts, I really just wanted to soldier on. I wanted to turn this into gold and spiritual fodder for my growth and then be able to share it with the world. Because this really is my method, even in a conscious way. I lean into my learning. I study it. I experiment with the tools, the methods. I research what other spiritual teachers and sages have said about the kind of experience that I'm experiencing. And then I live it. I embody it. And then I teach it. And I wanted to rush to the empowered, embodied teaching part, but I caught myself. And so then I went into the abyss and I gave myself permission to take a break from Lit Up For Life, my membership platform. Uh, Although I kept working with my one-to-one clients, I didn't know why it felt so different at the time. And I do now. Hey, Alignment, we see you. (laughs) Uh, I worked in sessions the day after the fire, one-to-one sessions, and I wouldn't have wanted to be anywhere else. It just you know, of course, all of my beautiful one-to-one clients reached out and sent their love and their prayers and their healing and, and, and offered space and time. And I said, no, sessions will resume next week as, as, as normal. And it's truly, uh, as I often say to aspiring healers and coaches, when we're truly in alignment and connected as we facilitate that we, we often receive collateral healing because if you're plugged in to light, to source, and it's flowing through you and out you, of course, there's going to be healing taking place, right? So all else paused other than my one-to-one stuff. And I read and I wept and I sat in silence and I found rage and defiance and defeatist parts of me and so many fragments of self asking for me to love them back to wholeness, to accept, to embrace the full messiness of human pain and tragedy and to embrace my messy vulnerable bits I found guilt a lot of guilt a part of me thinking who am I to weep for material possessions you know who am I to feel lost who am I to feel any pain any shock who am I who am I who am I guilt pain shame fear that beautiful human cycle we can find ourselves in but In truth, I also felt a lot of joy, a lot of space and relief. I mean, I drank wine for the first time in a long ass time and I loved it. (laughs) I cooked naked with my girlfriends and we did a lot of naked things. Actually, we, it's not as saucy as it sounds, (laughs) just more like women who wanted to feel free and safe in their nakedness, like little girls, like we worked out naked and we suntanned naked and we laughed and we pulled tarot cards naked and I just let my powerful, beloved life partner, Patrick, hold me and see me in my mess. And I held him. And one thing through all this felt really certain is that this person was truly spectacular and that I loved him beyond measure. And it was messy. And, you know, you got to understand that Friday the 13th of March was two days before lockdown, (laughs) quarantine at home, stay at home if you have a home and, you know, for many people in this, in, in all over who were asked to stay at home, didn't have homes and we were blessed enough to have a safe place to go. 
But again, that just added that extra layer. We couldn't go to the store to buy a lot of things to replace stuff because the stores weren't open and we didn't know how things were going to work at that time because it was the very first time we'd gone into quarantine. So there was just so much uncertainty that it thrust us into a complete let go. And what we realized is Patrick and I can kind of be an island. I'm extremely independent. He's extremely independent. Put us together, we can become this island. And we'd come to LA for our community. And unbeknownst to us, we'd spent so much time heads down, working, nesting, that we hadn't really even fully opened to our community. But this kind of thrust us into the arms of our community. Patrick often jokes, one of our best friends, Johan, you guys have met Rachel on the podcast a few episodes ago, uh, her dear beloved husband, like having to borrow underwear. He's like, this is, he's like, I, <laughs> what is happening? You know, that's like, that's real let go. Uh, that's real trust. And just literally not being able to be in this kind of over independent state and really learning how to be vulnerable and how to ask for help and how to receive. And through that, how deep the connections of the people you love become and how much they deepen through letting yourself be helped and letting yourself receive. It's so such a beautiful lesson in that. And so when I created Lit Up For Life, as I said, I was so free that it felt terrifying most of the time. I was like free falling in life. There was no safety net, no savings, no backup plan, just boldness, paycheck to paycheck. I'd book another flight, go live in another place, being in the wandering, wild, sort of mystic, extremely feminine side of myself. And I was hungry for life and finding you know, new love and new adventures and sharing them in my work. So this is actually just previous to Lit Up For Life. And then when it came to creating the structure of business, I felt tired of the free fall. Like I said, I really wanted to get serious and so I did. But in that process, what I realized is I think I civilized myself to near death. <laughs> so Lit Up For Life taught me everything I know about running a business. It brought me success beyond my wildest dreams at the time. Because of Lit Up, I found myself in the mental health event uh, that got me featured in Vanity Fair. It was the reason I got to send my meditations and life coaching videos out to millions of users on O2, which is like uh, Vodafone or TNT here in the UK. Uh, it was the reason I was able to qualify for my O1 visa to live in our new home in the USA. And more than all that, it's the reason that I got to connect with thousands of people through the platform itself. So it's also the reason that I get to speak to you right now, like that you're even hearing this. It's the reason that I can sit up late at night crying with a stranger who's pouring their heart out to me and their deepest darkest secrets into my inbox. It's the reason I have the privilege to share your pain and your victory and to be trusted to love you and see you and hold you and support you as my community, that we get to do that and be here together in that. It's It gave me that. It's given me so much. And yet by the time the fire happened, I didn't feel free. I felt too far down the path to turn back. So I kept pressing forward and because I'm a stubborn old ox, I wasn't willing to let it die and I didn't really fully get it. I didn't fully get what was happening. So instead a kind of slow death inside began. And it wasn't that, like I said, it wasn't that lit up for life wasn't truly me. It was, it just didn't have room for all of me. And so I spent a lot of energy keeping that part of me separate. And I told myself, you know, privacy is important and it still is. 
But I told myself that this is just me keeping a part of me, my life, who I am to myself. But it was more than that. And I felt edited. I was editing myself. And there was this part that was allowed and this part that was not. This part of me is lovable and acceptable and worthy of being a spiritual teacher. And this part is not. And (laughs) could that literally be more opposite to what I teach? But who could I be to teach you about radical self-acceptance if I didn't go through the process of publicly accepting the parts of me that felt hardest to love and accept? So in my mind, big corporate clients don't want to know about sex magic or kink is a spiritual practice or why women's pussies are a portal to their greatest power or a whole bunch of other stuff I don't share about manifestation, getting really deep, deep in the ritual space and the rage rituals and, you know, this whole other side that's been not hidden from my private clients you guys there's no surprises there (laughs) you're like yep that's that's you has been you is you but you know the more public facing aspects to my business and so I stuck everything else that was allowed into the business and then silently went about my own practices and I was edited in a way feeling unfree I was not in a radical state of self-approval that I know is the basis for true feminine magic and spiritual beauty and power. And so the fire, I thought, maybe I'll just toss it all in. Maybe I'll throw the business on the fire too. Why not? (laughs) But after some time grieving, all I wanted to do was to get back to work, to my dharma, my soul's calling, my passion, my purpose. And so the transformation point felt like allowing the fullness of me to be seen and felt in the work I do within Lit Up For Life. The question became, is it possible to do this within Lit Up For Life? And I wanted to try. I wanted to practice what I teach, which is radical acceptance. So what would happen if I fully and totally accepted Lit Up For Life and myself within it? And then it hit me. The meaning that I'd been seeking as the meaning-making mammal that I am, I was showering before a virtual ceremony with my group coaching goddesses one evening a couple of months ago, I think a month and a half now. We were still in LA. We're in London now. And it hit me. Um, It hit me hard and all at once as insights in the shower tend to. I had just been initiated into working with the energy of fire. Careful what you wish for. (laughs) My soul had a sense of humor and it had hidden this initiation in plain sight, lit up for life. It had been three years since I named my business Lit Up For Life in much the same way as this insight in the shower. It had struck me down in our London apartment and I, as I said, I could not believe the URL was free upon searching. It had found me. And then three years later, upon arriving in America to start our dream chapter of our new lives, the home we lived in, along with everything we owned, burned to the ground, incinerated by an old faulty heater under the house. The insurance man actually said it was the second worst destruction caused by fire he'd ever seen in his entire career. The message felt clear, unequivocal, really. (laughs) If only we could just figure out what it meant. And it took four months of grieving fairly silently to the outside world, not just the stuff, but mostly just digesting the trauma of such a shock. And then one day, washing my hair, the thread that drew it all together pulled taut from my root up my spine to my crown, my hair stood on end. 
The energy of fire is the ultimate symbol for rebirth. And that's really what I'm here to do, to steward women through the deep, messy, terrifying, electrifying process of total rebirth, of spiritual transformation. Fire burns away all that doesn't stand to live any longer. It can be merciless, and yet it's a key component for life. Humans have used fire to bear winter, cook food, to gather around for song and ceremony for thousands of years. And when used in alignment with the wisdom of our First Nations people, the ash from intentional forest fires is some of the most potent fertilizer for new life. Fire takes away and it gives. That's the life, death, life, rebirth, goddess archetype that I've been on and on about harping. And it's the one that I've devoted my life and path to. And her tool of choice is fire, of course. So to be lit up for life means to be lit from within, with inspiration, spiritually turned on, not just by the good stuff, but by life itself. And it's my dharma to reintroduce women to their fire, to support them in letting go of that which must die and birthing that which is ready to be born. Rebirth, transformation, a phoenix from the ashes. And it's my deep belief that once women have been led through this experience, given the methodology, once she knows truly deeply and experientially that she can die and be reborn again metaphorically, that she can come back to life from years of feeling dull, depressed and depleted to feeling like the full on fire, sensually enlivened goddess that she is, then she can make it through anything because come what may, she knows, she trusts in her ability to find her way back. It's my dharma to give you that support and in-depth spiritual education, the daily rituals for you to do just that, to be reborn again and again, exactly as you choose, like dough to be shaped and molded and kneaded and loved into creation so that you can be the radical and rebellious artist of your own life. As I always say in our ceremonies, the only rule, the only commitment is that you reach inside and you find whatever is most true for you and you live that. And I've been through many deaths, many endings, many let goes to be reborn, as I'm sure you have, sister. I don't need to tell you. But rebirth really is my dharma. So this dramatic twist of fate on Friday the 13th of 2020 was the beginning of another, perhaps the most intense rebirth of my life thus far and that is fire for you (laughs) and so feeling more initiated than ever to claim my role as a doula of spiritual rebirth and transformation to work with the energy of spiritual fire turn on passion inspiration just like that she let me go (laughs) lit up for life let me go initiated in the energy of fire standing fully in my power as a doula of rebirth Lit Up For Life came in the middle of the night to tap me on the shoulder and let me know that she was ready to die and be reborn. And a fully formed business baby was born in the wee hours two weeks ago and she came out kicking and screaming, wild, wise and woke and her name is Awakened Woman. And so I wanted to record this podcast in honour of Lit Up For Life. All that it's given me and all that each of you have given me really every single person listening I don't take for granted that if you're listening to this now you've given me 
you know, near 45 minutes, whatever it is of your time, that's no small thing. It's really not. That's profound. And I'm deeply, deeply honored and privileged to get to connect with you and share about spirituality and rebirth and to muse with you on life. And whether it be through Instagram, connecting with you there, connecting with you here, connecting with you in my newsletter, or if you've been in any of our programs and coaching, it's like Lit Up for Life has given me the ability. It's the bridge that we get to cross to one another to connect. And I'm so grateful for that. So, so grateful. And I'm so excited for the metamorphosis into awakened woman. Because what I realize is being a woke woman never goes out of style. (laughs) I can be in this container for as long as feels relevant, but I can see myself being through all the cycles of life, through motherhood and deepening of my relationship. And I'm sure many other trials and tribulations and rebirths and let goes into my wisening and old age, hopefully if life blesses me uh, with getting there. Awakened woman has space for all of that, for the mess and the sexiness and the rawness and the wisdom and the depth and the discipline and the structure and the freedom and all of it. I feel this spaciousness within Awakened Woman and I hope you feel that too. And my intention for this community as we move into this new phase is that you feel the freedom to be the mess and the goddess and everything in between. And it's my devotion and commitment to create the spaces and the ceremonies and the experiences and the rituals for you to taste that liberation, that unreserved self-approval for yourself. Awakened Woman, this pathway is a methodology. It's not an ideology. It goes beyond concepts. I want to lead you into experiences so that you can truly have that connection to the divine and yourself for yourself. This isn't about me. This is about you and you and your connection to your beautiful, divine, delicious body and soul and being so that you can live your unique dharma, your unique soul codes that you came to bring that we all have, even if we don't feel a connection to just yet. No amount of pain or trauma can get rid of our soulfulness. It can obscure it. But if we look, if we do the work to reveal, it's always there always there. I've never met a woman in the thousands of hours that I've worked doing this work and the thousands of women I've got to connect with through doing this work. I've never met one who wasn't able to eventually reveal through process, practice and support her soulfulness, her connection to the divine. So I'm excited to be on this new journey with you all and to see where it takes us. I'm excited to, to feel free, <laughs> so free to be whatever arises, to be the fullness of me, the mess myself, to be in the messiness, the rawness, the realness, the sexiness, the discipline, the devotion, the clarity, the wisdom. There's space for all of it here. There's space for all of you here. So here is to the pathway of the awakened woman, to you, to me, to all the woke women out there devoted to living as love, even when it isn't fun, fast or easy. So I see you, sister. I'm grateful for you and I'm excited for what awaits. Thanks for listening, beautiful being. Now, the time between Christmas and New Year's can be kind of a weird 
time. Lots of stuff can get stirred up visiting family for the holidays. And then there's the closing of the chapter on 2020. So I really wanted to create some room for integration and celebration with a free live event that I'm hosting on the full moon on December 29th. So Awakened Body is a free virtual ceremony and I'm going to be showing you two of my most profound science-backed embodiment rituals that you've probably never done anywhere else before, including with me. So it'll be a completely guided step-by-step process to lead you into experiencing what it feels like to be truly embodied, awake in your body, sensually enlivened and blissed out. So if you want to come join us in an hour and a half of healing, integration, spiritual beauty and inspiration, and a hell of a lot of celebration too, then come and join us for free. It's going to be an absolute blast and just such a great way to spend the final full moon before 2021, letting go all that shit that's asking to be let go of so that you can make space in your nervous system for more joy, bliss, and beauty. We need these safe spaces as women and non-binary beings to come together, to heal, to release in ritual space so that we can up level and elevate. So if you're like, hell yes, honey, then head on over to www.litupforlife.com forward slash body to enter your email and you'll receive all the details on how to join as my gift to you. Can't wait to see you there.